0: Father, we thank you for the privilege it is to gather with your people, to honour you, to remember our Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts this morning as we continue to look at your word together. We pray that if there is anyone here who does not trust in Jesus Christ, oh Lord, we pray that today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, we pray that you would help us as believers here as well. We pray that we'd be strengthened in the faith as a result of looking at your word together. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I like to visit the art gallery here in New South Wales, the New South Wales Art Gallery, and I've started to try and encourage my son. Uh, to enjoy the Art Gallery of New South Wales. I used to go there when I was a little boy with my parents, and so now they have after-hours viewing on Wednesday evenings, so I take Joshua once a term, roughly, uh, to uh, the Art After Hours at the New South Wales Art Gallery, and I take him around my favourite section, which is the classical art. It's, I don't take him into the contemporary section. I'm not particularly interested in that. And I get him to look at all the different paintings that are there and to choose one that he likes the best And then each time we go, we evaluate them all again, and generally he comes back to the one that he first enjoyed, and he sees that as the one that he likes the most. And the art gallery is really an example of what Hebrews 11 is. Hebrews 11 is a chapter that holds up people as wonderful displays of faith. It's like an art gallery as you walk through Hebrews 11 of different artworks of the Lord, of different people that he has used as examples of what it means to trust in him. We've been working our way through the book of Hebrews, and in Hebrews chapter 10, at the end of it, we are encouraged by the author that we should be people who live by faith. In verse 38 of Hebrews chapter 10, page 1191, if you have a black church Bible, I encourage you to have it open before you. Page 1191, chapter 10 of Hebrews, we read in verse 38, which is a quote from Habakkuk, it says, But my righteous one will live by faith. And then in chapter 11, verse 1, we saw when I preached on this text that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is a trust in God that is the basis for the hope that we have of salvation. And then we've started to look at these people who are examples of faith in the Old Testament. And before I went on leave, we looked at the example of Abel, that by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. And so now today we come to the next example, the next hero of faith in the Hall of Fame, in the art gallery of the Lord, and that is the faith of Enoch. We see Enoch is commended to us in verse 5 and 6. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 reads, By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death, he could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Enoch is held up as someone who pleased God. And how did he please God? Well, it is by faith, as it says there in verse 6. Now, what did Enoch believe? What was his belief? Well, there are two things that are told to us that he believed. The first is in verse 6, it says that he believed that God exists. First 6 reads, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. You can't come to someone unless you believe they actually exist. Otherwise you wouldn't bother going to that person if you didn't think that there was going to be anyone there. And so Enoch, of course, believed that God exists. But what was the second thing that he said that he believed? Well, he also believed that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. He believed that God existed and that if he approached God, if he came to God in faith, that God would reward him. And this is something that you would want to believe about God. You don't go near someone if you don't think they will, will reward you. If you think that they will punish you instead, you don't go near them at all. My children know that I have a standing rule that if they come to my office, they get a jelly bean. I have a little jar of jelly beans there. They know that if they seek me out, if they come to me, they will be rewarded. And so they quite regularly seek me out. They quite regularly come to me because they know that they will be rewarded. And it was the same with Enoch. He approached God. Why? Because he knew he would be rewarded for approaching God. And so if we wish to please God, if we wish to have God to be happy with us, then we must believe these two things as well. We must believe that God exists, that there is a God who created all things. And we must understand that such a faith is not unreasonable. Some people, atheists particularly, have um, become very vocal voices in our community. They say that it is unreasonable to believe that God exists. But it is quite reasonable to believe that God exists. There is more reason to believe that God exists than that God does not exist. There is a witness that God exists in the creation as we look around at us, uh, around ourselves. We see testimony that God does exist in his creation. Also, when we look at ourselves, we see the image of God stamped upon us. There is a witness within us that there is a God. There is a conscience that tells us, reminds us that there is a God, that he does indeed exist. And of course, we also have the special witness, the special revelation of the scriptures that remind us that God exists. What else do we need to believe to please God? Well, we need to follow in the footsteps of Enoch as well and to believe that God rewards those who seek him. We understand that God exists, but he's also a God that rewards those who seek him out. And we understand that by the work of Jesus Christ, we can come to God and that he rewards us with eternal life. He rewards us with a heavenly home where we'll live for all of eternity with Jesus there and the streets made of gold with suffering removed and pain taken away. This is the reward that we believe God will give to those who seek Him. But how do you know that you have such faith? How do you know that you actually do believe that God exists and that God will reward you for seeking Him out? Well, that's where we need to look at Enoch a little bit more closely. How do we know that we have the faith that Enoch had and that we will be rewarded one day for seeking God? What did Enoch do? What can we look at in the life of Enoch that helps us to understand whether we have that same faith that Enoch did? Well, in Genesis chapter 5, it tells us only a little bit about Enoch, but one thing in particular... In Genesis chapter 5, page 5 of your church Bibles, it says in verse 24 that Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more because God took him away. What did the life of Enoch look like? Well, it was a life of walking with God. Walking with God. Enoch was someone who sought God out. In Hebrews chapter 5, it says that Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 it says that God rewards those who earnestly seek him and that's what Enoch did he earnestly sought after God and he did that by walking with God he came to God and he earnestly sought after God now what does it mean that Enoch walked with God what does it look like to walk with God if we want to know if we have the faith of Enoch and we need then to see if we walk with God what does it mean that Enoch walked with God Well, when we think of walking, we think of people, if you're walking with someone, then you must be aligned with one another's will at that time. Amos chapter 3 verse 3 says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so. If you walk with someone, then you're in agreement with that person to walk with them. I like to go walking. Um, I try to do it each day for health benefits and to try and uh, means that I can eat more uh, sweet things through the day. If I know that I walk through the day as well, I have a very sweet tooth. And so I've come to the conclusion that each day I need to do a fair amount of walking. And so I like to not just go for a walk by myself, but to go for a walk with the kids. So I'll ask them when I get home, I'll say, I'm going for a walk, does anyone want to come with me? And... Often, one of them will say, yes, Dad, I want to come for a walk with you. Now, when we walk together, what is happening? Our wills are aligned. And particularly, their will is aligned with my will as the Father. They're a child, I'm the Father, and so they have to align their will with my will if we are to go anywhere. I may allow them some freedom sometimes to choose where we go, but even that freedom that they say, and they ask, Can we go this way, Dad? And if I say yes, it's only because I have then said it is okay. I've allowed them the freedom, but ultimately it comes back to my will as to whether we go in that direction. And that is a good illustration for what it means to walk with God. God is the Father, we are his child, which means we need to align ourselves with his will. Now, what does it look like to align yourself with the will of God as you walk with him? Well, it means that you need to walk in moral purity. To walk in God's will means to walk in purity, into moral purity, and particularly the law is summed up in the command of love. If we walk in love, we walk with God. 2 John uh, Chapter 1, verse 6 says, As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. The Apostle John tells us if you want to walk with God, then you must walk in love. And it also means if you're walking with God, that sometimes you'll call other people to walk alongside you with God as well. I do this from time to time with my children. I will go for a walk, but I'll also have somebody else there walking along with me. Sometimes I invite a friend along to go for a walk with me and I say, kids, I'm going, Uh, do you want to come with me? I call other people to walk with me. And with my children sometimes find out that I went walking without them with somebody that they've gone walking with before, they get a little bit jealous and they say, I wanted to come too. But that's what it means to walk with God. You call other people to walk in the light, to walk in moral purity. And that's what Enoch did. We don't have a lot of information about Enoch in the Bible, but we do know that he called other people to walk in the light of God, to walk with him. In Jude, verse 14 and 15, it speaks of Enoch there as well. Turn with me to page 1,213. Page 1,213. Where we read in verse 14... That Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of His holy one to judge everyone and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts they have done in the ungodly way and of all the harsh words ungodly sinners have spoken against Him. What was Enoch? He was a prophet and He called people to walk in godliness. He called the ungodly to turn to be aware that judgment was coming, and so to walk with him as he walked with God. So if you are to walk with God, what does that mean? You walk in the will of God, you walk in love, and you call others to walk with you as you walk with God. But what's another thing that characterizes walking with someone? Well, it's talking with that person. One of the reasons I like to go walking with some people sometimes is because I get to talk to them. I don't walk along and not speak to them at all. Although I must admit, when I take my kids walking with me, I often have headphones in and am listening to a podcast of some sort. But generally speaking, if you walk with someone, you are talking to that person and they are talking to you. And that's what it means to walk with God. You can't say you walk with God and you you never listen to him. And you can't say you walk with God and yet you never talk to him. Imagine going for a walk around the bay here in Des Moines and you walked with someone and you did not say a single word to them. You may as well not be walking with them. People might think that you're just walking at the same speed. You're not actually walking together and somehow you've come to that point where you're just two strangers walking together. If you walk with God, then you listen to God. If you walk with God, then You speak to God. And what are the ways that this happens? Well, of course, he speaks to us through his word. And we talk to him by prayer. If you want to know, if you have the faith of Enoch, if you have someone who pleases God and walks with God, then you must be a person who prays. You must be a person who reads the Bible. If you're not, then you're not walking with God. You do not have the faith of Enoch. And you do not please God. In one sense, it's amazing that God condescends to walk with anyone. He is a holy God. We are unholy creatures. But he, in his mercy, his grace, chooses to walk with us. He walked with Enoch and he walks with us. If we will only seek to walk with him. So do you believe in God, that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him out? Do you know that you have such faith because you walk with God as Enoch did? I mean, many claim to believe in God. They believe he exists, but they don't walk with him. I am recently met up with some friends that I haven't seen for almost 20 years, people from uni. When I was studying as an undergrad doing podiatry, I haven't seen them for such a long time and I got to talking with them of course about I'm not a podiatrist anymore, I'm a minister of religion and so I of course have a different focus of my life and so they were interested in talking about religious topics to some extent and some of the people at the table they claim that they believe in God but I have to say as condescending as it may sound coming from me to be judging other people but The way they live their lives show that they do not believe in God in the way that Enoch did. Why? They don't walk with him. They believe that approaching God can be done through yoga or through another religion. They don't listen to God. They don't read his word. They don't talk to him through Jesus Christ. They don't walk with him. They have an intellectual assent that God exists. Uh, what is often called a historical faith, an intellectual faith that's not actually a true faith. And it is shown that it is not a true faith by the fact that they don't walk with him. Now, admittedly, it seems all very well of Joel to go around judging other people, but I admit that it is hard to walk with God. I found it hard walking with God for 20 plus years. It is difficult to walk with him day by day, to be in relationship with him, to hear him speak to me. And to speak to him and to walk according to his will. But it is possible to walk with God. Enoch did it for 300 years. For 300 years. We learn in Genesis chapter 5 that Enoch lived for 365 years. Now what does that mean? Try and get that into perspective. 365 years. We go back, if we say Enoch was taken from this world this year, 2016, 365 years ago. He was born in 1651, which would be two years after Charles I was beheaded. Charles I, the King of England. Now, some of you like Charlie Who. Charles I was a King of England who we should look back in history because we are a Commonwealth of England, he was beheaded and, uh, Commonwealth was set up for a brief period. Uh, there was basically a civil war and Charles I, uh, lost and his head was chopped off. Two years after that, imagine, uh, 16, uh, 49, he is executed. 1651, Enoch is born. And then he lives up to the first fleet coming to Australia which is 137 years after he was born. So think he's lived for 137 years, then the first fleet arrives in Australia. Then Enoch lives all through the colonial period of Australia, right down to the present day. And for 300 of those years, that's a long time. When you try and put that in perspective, you've forgotten who Charles I is already. It's a long time ago. He lived through that period, and for 300 of those years... He walked with God. Now, it is difficult to walk with God, but it is possible as we look at the life of Enoch. Even though I've walked with God for many years, I've failed to walk as closely as I should at times. It is difficult. It's like when I go for walks with my kids and we go into the park and they they scatter off from me, particularly to drinking fountains. They love. It doesn't matter whether they just had a drink before we left so that we wouldn't get distracted in our walk, doesn't matter, off to the drinking fountain, following bodily desires. They want to go to the drinking fountain, and they'll run way off track to a drinking fountain in the park. That's what we often do as we try to walk with God, don't we? We follow our bodily desires, the things that we want to do, follow our will rather than lining our will up with the will of God the Father. Walking with God is difficult, but it is possible. And it is possible to walk more closely with him. How do you walk more closely with the Lord? Well, it's by faith. That's what Hebrews 11 is all about, is having faith and growing in our faith. We can have little faith. We can have mature faith. We can grow in our faith. And so we should, if we want to walk with God, increase our faith in him. Now, some of you know that just before I went on leave, I had a very good experience of the Lord and his mercy to me and doubts were removed in a way that I hadn't experienced before and my faith was immensely strengthened. And I'm still in the afterglow of that wonderful mercy of the Lord to me, but it's been amazing how that has increased my prayer life and increased my desire to read his word. Because of my faith being strengthened... My walk with him is strengthened, that I see God's hand in so many more things. I'm more conscious of him as I walk around, that I'm walking with God. If you want to pray better, if you want to read his word all the more, if you want to be more conscious of God, then you need to have a stronger faith that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him out. Now, the question you may be asking this morning is, why bother? Why bother having this faith? Why bother walking with the Lord? It sounds like hard work. What is the point of all this? What is the purpose of having such faith? Well, it's because God does reward those who seek him. Enoch believed in a God who rewards those who seek him, and he was rewarded. We don't know much about Enoch, but we know one marvellous thing about him. What was that? He was saved from death. Enoch's trust in God was not in vain. He was rewarded with salvation from death. He could not be found. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. It says on page 1191, by faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Enoch stands with another person in the scriptures. Only one other person has this experience where they do not taste death, and that is Elijah. A similar experience happens. Elijah is taken and he could not be found. And they tried. Elisha allowed people to go searching for him. In 2 Kings chapter 2, that speaks of this incident in God's history, it says, And they sent 50 men who searched for three days and did not find him. They sent 50 men who searched for three days and they did not find him. Why did they not find him? Because he did not experience death. He was taken away by the Lord. And so Enoch stands out in the genealogy in Genesis chapter 5 quite starkly. Genesis is a book that is so important for us because it explains why death has entered into the world. We see in Genesis chapter 3 the fall of mankind. And what happens after that? Death, death, death. Look with me at Genesis chapter 5, which we had read earlier. Genesis chapter 5, page 5 of the Black Church Bibles. Adam has been created. We learn a little bit more about Adam and his children. And then it says in verse 5, at the end of the paragraph there, altogether Adam lived 930 years and then he died. Then you jump down to the end of the next paragraph, verse 8. Altogether Seth lived 912 years and then he died. Look with me then at verse 11. The end of the next paragraph. Altogether, Enosh lived 905 years, and then he died. Verse 14. Altogether, Kenan lived 910 years, and then he died. Verse 17. Altogether, Mahalalel lived 895 years, and then he died. Verse 20. End of the next paragraph. Altogether, Jared lived 962 years, and then he died. What happened? Sin came into the world, and then death, 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 death. Next paragraph, verse 24. Enoch walked with God, then he was no more, because God took him away. Each paragraph ended with someone dying, until you get to Enoch. Enoch shows that there is reward for those who seek him. He shows that faith conquers death. Faith in God conquers death. That there is life after this world. Enoch is a foretaste of those who trust in God and will one day be raptured, snatched from this world, taken to be with the Lord. Enoch is really just a a preview of what will happen on the last great day when Jesus returns. It's spoken of in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Turn with me there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, page 1171. Page 1171. Some of the most marvellous words in Scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, where we read, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. This is speaking of what is commonly known as the rapture. Now, There's all kinds of views as to what will happen and before and after the rapture takes place, but we know that there will be a rapture. The word rapture just comes from the Latin translation of this verse. And the English translation that you're looking at here uh, just has the word caught up in verse 17. But that is what happened to Enoch. He was caught up to be with the Lord. It is what happened to Elijah. He was caught up to be with the Lord. He was snatched from this world. And one day, God's people will be snatched from this world, those who trust in him. So Enoch is commended to us as one who believed in God and was rewarded. His faith was not in vain. And so there is a point to making sure that you have faith in God, the faith that leads to walking with God. Because one day you too can be snatched from judgment because of the faith that you have in God. And so you need to ask yourself this morning the question, do I have the true faith, the faith that Enoch had that led to him being rewarded, that led to him being snatched from this world. Could you be commended as one who pleased God? Commended, put in a chapter like this, chapter 11, as someone who pleased God because you had faith, you walked with him, you earnestly sought him out. Don't hold off on this question, asking yourself, do I have that faith? Because one day you will be glad that you asked that question. We must all appear before the judgment throne of God and we must ask that question today so that on that day we will not be punished with eternity in hell. It should be our great fear is to not be counted among the godly but to be counted among the ungodly. To not be counted among those who please God but to be counted among those who dis please God, and so are punished. There is no more important question that you can ask of yourself is, do I have that faith? Why? Because Hebrews 11 tells us that, chapter uh, 11, verse 6, it says that it is impossible to please God except by faith. There is no other way. So that is why that question is the most crucial question you'll ever face in all of your life. Do I have that faith? Because any other way to approach God will not be pleasing to him. It is impossible to please him unless you have that faith. Now, you may find it hard to ask that question. You may have been thinking that you're a Christian for many years and so it's very hard for you to evaluate as to whether you have that true faith and whether you walk with God. If that is you then maybe ask somebody else to ask that question of you. Ask them, what do you think I have faith in? As you look at my life, is it clear if someone was to video your day all day every day for a week, would they be able to tell that you're a person of faith in God, that you walk with God? There was a movie that I loved when I was a teenager. It came out, The Truman Show, where... This man has cameras around him all day every day. He's been adopted by a television network. Jim Carrey is the actor and he's, he grows up with the world watching him and he has no idea that everybody is watching him. Now imagine you are Truman and all day every day everything is being recorded and people are watching you. Would they think that you are a believer in God? Would they know that you are someone who walks with God? Maybe hard for you to evaluate yourself personally, but if you try and put yourself in somebody else's shoes or even be so bold as to ask some of your friends here this morning at morning tea or at lunch today, say, I need to have a solid answer to this crucial question that Joel's raised this morning. Do I have that faith? And I want you to help me answer it. Do you, when you look at my life, do you see that I have faith in God? That I am someone who walks with God. And be prepared for a hard answer to maybe come at you. But it's with a view to making sure that you will be saved on judgment day. Far better to be ashamed before somebody here today when they say, I don't think you have that faith, than to be ashamed before God on judgment day. Ask that question. There is no greater question you can ask. Do I have faith in God? Is it shown by the way that I walk with him? And if you find yourself wanting, throw yourself upon Jesus Christ. Trust in him today. Trust that he died in your place so that you could have forgiveness of sins and so that you are one who pleases God by faith. Let us come before God in prayer now. Let us speak with him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the way it holds up examples to us of people who walked with you, who trusted you all their days and showed it by the way that they sought you out and walked with you. Oh Lord, we pray that you would grant faith to everyone who is listening to me now. You are the only one who can give such faith and Lord, we pray that you would grant it. Help us to all ask that question. Do I have such faith? And if we find ourselves lacking, oh, Lord, come to you. Help us to come to you and beg for such faith so that we are ones who please you. And, Lord, if we find that we do have such faith, help us to walk more closely with you. We so often desire to go our own way even though we profess faith in you. Lord, we pray that you would keep us from running off. But, Lord, help us to walk with you day by day in your light, in your love, And in your word, we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.